Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and Lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Hi there. Hi, everyone. It's Hollis, and I am one of your astrologers here at Rainbow Soul Soul Astrology Forecast. I'm glad you're tuning in today. And, you know, I do astrology readings and along with much, many, many other things at divineandrogen.com. And hi there. I'm Bright Hawk. I am a musician, author, astrologer. My book, The Dancing Hippo, is a gender neutral book. It has no pronouns in it. It's wonderful. It's award winning and it beautifully illustrated by Amanda Moore. So you can find out more at brighthawkproductions.com. And I'm LaCrosse and I'm the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) (laughs) The way I'm looking at this with a parrot on me. (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um, I'm LaCrosse, jack of all trades, master of none. Forgive the background. It's just it's not cooperating today, so I look like a ghost. So, yeah. Well, you know, Mercury is in retrograde <laughs> when we're recording this. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's yeah. messing with my computer now, so I just look like I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Minus the parrot. The parrot's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, welcome <clears throat> to Rainbow Soul Soul Astrology. We are recording this in a Mercury retrograde. Yeah. So, um, you know, things happen sometimes, especially with technology. And the best thing to do is have a sense of humor about it. Mm, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> do your best too, anyway. So I want to invite everybody to take a few deep breaths. you to just take a deep breath let the day or the last week or whatever you might be holding on to just let it roll off of your back go certainly not worth holding on to or and as you let it go you can even set it off to a table off to the side if it's something you got to come back to breath, I want you to just imagine yourself floating above your space, up into the sky, and allow the clouds to just kind of hold you in their softness.
and just let them float off just box them up in a little cloud like in a comic strip and then just let them float away as you take a deep breath you to imagine the mistiness penetrating through your skin, helping you to feel comfortable and fully within yourself, like the clouds are magic, as if you are being held in a cradle of peace. allow that peace to settle and if any thoughts come up just put them in a cloud and let them float away don't judge it don't think about it just let it go just helps you feel peace. And feel any pain or discomfort you might have in your body, just let it go. Let that misty water just dissipate it. a great big hug in your mind and smile and know that that's just because you're super smart and let all of those thoughts just go like a receipt and just let them go and go and go until the receipt runs out of paper that you tried, that you did it, even just for a few seconds, and know that with practice this comes easier, and most of us have some racing thoughts at times. Forgive yourself, love yourself, and find gratitude. Gratitude that peace is actually within you, that within your heart and soul you can find peace, even if it's just for a few seconds. And now you know that with practice, harvest more of that. And take a deep breath. Come back into your body. Wiggle your toes. Stretch your ankles. Maybe roll them around. 
squeeze your leg muscles and release. shoulders and your neck and come back into your body for a completely peaceful and beautiful moment here and now <laughs> yay thank you bright hawk my pleasure <clears throat> Thank you, Lacrosse, for always editing these things. And with Mercury Retrograde, let's hope that you won't have to do too much editing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But thank you for always doing that. And thank you for oh, bringing forth um, all the beautiful things that you bring forth into this. So, and I just have lots of gratitude. So I'm just going to share it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Friends, I have prepared a forecast for you, and I'm going to say that's, that it's actually kind of an interesting week, because I definitely wouldn't say it's a hard week necessarily, because all the planets are going forward. Um, I'm trying to... Um... The big news of this week, January 23rd to the 29th is that there are no retrograde planets. And that is just a huge feeling of like all the energies moving forward. If you were, you know, working on something and you felt like you had no energy uh, last month, it's understandable. And now that all the retrograde energy has finally moved out, it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> including Uranus that went through, you know, that's gone direct uh, just a couple of days before this forecast begins. Right. So, um, or it might actually just be one the day before the 22nd. Um, and so with all of this, you're still proud. Uranus will still be in its shadow period. So it, whatever happened as a result of that could still be lingering on the 23rd. Um, but at the same time, I was interested in this because I was like, well, isn't it interesting that a lot of the same planets are involved in the Grand Trine, the Kite, and the T-Square that we see here? So I just wanted to talk about it for a minute because this is a kite, okay? You can see I took out the other transits so that it's easier. So the lines in the middle of the chart here are actually the aspects, okay? And so I took out all the other aspects, so all you can see is the kite, okay? And this kite, first of all, if you see, like, the triangles in the middle, and they kind of make a, there's three major triangle lines, that's actually a grand trine, which you've heard us talk about a lot. A grand trine is three, um... It's actually not quite a grand trine, but it's almost a grand trine <laughs> because it's uh, actually it is because it's with the it's not with Pluto. It's with the sun. This makes it look like it's the in the 10th house at the top there. It looks like it's pointing at the little red symbol that is actually for Pluto. That's at 28 degrees. It's actually pointing at the sun. OK, and the sun is in Aquarius and that's an air sign. And then you can see that the line goes down to Mars in Gemini in the second house. Mars is a circle with an arrow. It looks like the male symbol. And then, of course, there's another blue triangular line that goes over to Ceres in Libra. And that is a grand trine. And a grand trine usually means that things are pretty easy, okay? Easy going. With the sun in Aquarius, that means wherever we're going, wherever we're shining our light, it's going to be fairly easy to talk about it. We might be able to broadcast. Maybe we figure some stuff out with all this Mars retrograde and Gemini, all this craziness going on. We've finally figured some things out and we're ready to bring it forward. And with Ceres in Libra, Ceres is very much about nurturing, especially relationships. Maybe you've had to maybe get rid of some other people and bring in some other people. Maybe you've had to switch out who you're working with or something like that. So those are Grand Trine, okay? And that's the Grand Trine, and that's been going on. And that's part of the kite 
And then the two blue lines that go up with like a little star symbol, those are called sextiles. And as I've mentioned before, we want the planets to have sex, okay? So that's a good thing, all right? Um, and that's with Jupiter and Juno, which is Jupiter's a number four over there um, in the 12th house. You can see the, the number 12 there. And the, that little inner circle is just the houses. And then the outer circle are the zodiac signs. And so Jupiter and Juno, which is that star with a plus sign going down, that's, they're both in Aries and they're both, they're conjunct. They're on top of each other. They're four degrees. You can see they're both at four degrees. So that means they're conjunct. Now they're sextiling the sun and um, Mars. So that's a good thing. That means they're going to help us expand. They're going to help us make further commitments going forward, especially with that series over in Libra, because we've probably been nurturing some new relationships. And so it's kind of, yes, well done. And the only opposition, though, is is that there could be a lack of expansion when you do try to expand or you do try to make some further commitments. There could be something that's pulling the other way that has something. That's what that red line is. It's called an opposition. And they're literally in opposite away from each other, right? And so you can see that Jupiter and Juno are at four degrees and Ceres is over there at six degrees in Libra, okay? And they're in opposition with each other. So what that's actually saying is, ooh, I'm not gonna, I'm not ready to grow yet or I'm not quite going that way. There's gonna be something that's not quite working out. So if that, that's what a kite is, okay? Where all these great things are happening, but there's this one thing that's creating some tension. And if you think about flying a kite, if you were to attach a string to this, right about where that red line in the middle meets that light blue line uh, is about where you would tie the string, right? And you would do that in order to control the kite a little bit easier from the middle. And you'd have some other strings coming from all the corners, but the main string would be coming from that middle piece where those two uh, crisscross, okay? Where the blue bottom of the grand trine and the opposition cross each other, okay? And if you pull on it, I always say if you pull on that part, instead of pulling directly on that opposition and fighting with that opposition, because oppositions are really hard to overcome if you just go right at them. They are so much easier if you engage that sun in Aries. This is the way, sorry, sun in um, Aquarius, which is the collective. This is about the collective. I want to help with the whole group. So I'd like to find a way that we could all do this together, okay? Along with Mars and Gemini, which is actually very singular, and but at the same time speaking out loud to the collective. So make sure you speak out loud what you need to do or say, because this kite is going to be all week. Mm. So it's pretty, the only thing that changes is that Chiron in the 12th house there in Aries, Chiron is the little circle with the key kind of thing on top of it. It's green and it's in Aries at 12 degrees. It's going to move closer to Juno and Jupiter. So it's going to kind of join the party at the end of the week. But, um, and so that means uh, people could be triggering you. Um, Chiron is the wounded healer. So it could be triggering you about old stuff. Old stuff can come up, especially stuff that really gets you fiery, stuff that really gets you going and passionate. So you just want to try not to engage that too much. Um, if when that comes up later in the week, but for the most part, if you try to engage your light for the collective and speak out loud, you will be doing better. So speak the truth out loud in the best way possible and try to think about the collective. That's going to be your best way to engage in this 
that starts Monday and we'll be going right all week. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, Monday is the moon's day and you can see the moon in the 11th house. It has just passed over um, and still conjunct Saturn and Venus. So the three of them are shining. Venus and Saturn are still in Aquarius and the moon ha will have just passed like in that evening, afternoon, evening, depending on where you are, the moon passes into Pisces. So Pisces, the moon rules the tides and Pisces all about the water, right? So it's deep feelings, right? It's emotional. It can be very innate, innate understanding, innate wisdom. Uh, you know, moon and Pisces can mean compassionate and sensitive and loving and creative um, and loyal. And, you know, we always talk about both sides on the more extreme side of um, the moon and Pisces. It's easily confused. So, uh, secretive, vague, uh, discontented, potentially indecisive. So moon in Pisces is there's a real spiritual, a real, um, you know, you would say if it was a day for readings. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. because, potentially. Because the moon is intuitive and yeah. Pisces is also intuitive. Very intuitive. Mm -hmm. Psychic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and you've already uh, talked about the party going on there, and it goes on all week, so. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of action going on in Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, and Aries. So, and those are all kind of right in order in your chart. They're all next to each other. Capricorn's at the top there. It's sort of that V weird looking symbol there Aquarius is the little blue lines that look like water but Aquarius is an air sign I know it's weird and Pisces is the two fishes that are together and that's why it's blue and Aries is the red sign over on the left which is pretty much about your horns you know having um Aries can sometimes be a little bit of a bull so it can kind of feel fiery, and, but it can also kind of get you going and get you going forward. So, um, and a lot of Aries or people with strong Aries placements will have great ideas and will be very quick to take off on things. Um, the biggest challenge for Aries is to uh, remember that they can finish things. Yeah, because what you also have, is, so when I, I look at this, I see the moon, I see Venus, relationship, Saturn, structure. What is your relationship with structure and what are you going to do about it? Because it's squaring with Mars and Mars is now direct. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, it, it, the, the kite, as you will see here, continues through the week along with that grand trine that we already looked at. And remember I mentioned that the grand trine is something that we usually take for granted. Um, and the T-squares um, are pretty much through most of the week. And they involve Mercury, Chiron, and uh, Pallas. And the other one is Mercury, Ceres, and Jupiter. And so T-squares are just, they have oppositions uh, with, two signs that are apart from each other. So Mercury and Capricorn tells me that if you're having some opposition with relationships um, and it's keeping you from expanding, try to stay talking in business. Try to stay in business because uh, that's that's Mercury and Capricorn. That means talk business and, you know, don't, don't get into gossip or anything like that. And the other T-square... Um, the two, the opposition, remember what I said about oppositions is they're hard to manage. Don't, don't, don't engage in them. Avoid them by going with what's square because you're more likely to master that. Okay. And so, um, that would be cancer, ca cancer and Capricorn across from each other. 
and Chiron and Aries. So try to maybe see the solution. If you do see the solution, try to figure out a way to help the others see the solution. And so that that will probably be the big uh, challenge of the week. But you know, T squares are you can master them. You just have to you just have to engage in the right energy. Don't in, engage in the opposition. And with a cradle there, I feel like it won't be that hard on the 23rd and the 24th. It won't be. Just stay in your light and stay positive. Keep doing your meditations. If you do a daily meditation or have a daily, um, if you don't have a daily practice, try to make one. Um, gratitude or uh, yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong. And shoot, you can do a different thing every day. I don't think it matters that you do the same thing every day. What I think does matter is... Um, that you're doing something that helps bring gratitude or positive feelings to start your day. Because if you always start your day off agitated, I assure you the rest of the day will be agitated too. <laughs> the moon is well aspected on Tuesday. It's in a, a sextile with Uranus, a trine with Pallas, and conjunct Neptune. So those are all nice aspects. What are your dreams? Um, your intuitions, your gut instincts about certain things. It's, mm -hmm. a, well, <clears throat> it's a positive moon day. Yeah. Now on the 25th, we'll continue with some of the energy we've already talked about with like the kite, okay, um, and the grand trine and the T-square. Those things will still kind of be lingering. There could be something that you're dealing with maybe at work or in some other part of your life, okay? It will depend on what house these plant, what house these signs are in. Where is Aquarius in your chart? Where is Libra? Where is Gemini, okay? And what you really should pay attention to on the 25th will be Pisces and Aries because like we said earlier, there is a heck of, there is a lot of action going on in Pisces. So for anyone out there with a strong Pisces placement, what does that mean? I mean, like if you're a Pisces sun, if you're a Pisces rising, you're a Pisces moon, or you have a lot of planets in Pisces. Okay. And you can just look at your chart and find Pisces. Remember I said it's that blue fishy looking symbol usually. Um, and if you don't know, you can just Google it and you can find an image. And uh, Pisces, Pisces um, with the Neptune, Vesta, and the moon in there. I will also say that it will probably be a great day to do readings. Mm -hmm. Great day to do readings on this day. And a great day to follow your intuition. Listen to your gut on this day. Because the Nept Neptune and the moon are in Pisces and Vesta is there too, which is about your spiritual direction, your spiritual passion. And with Jupiter, Juno, and Chiron all in Aries right next door, um, that's, that's also expansion. And it could be a lot about like a little bit of commitments and, you know, with the wounded healer there, it makes me think about overcoming things from the past. You still have a lot going on in Aries. So pay attention to where is Aries, where is Aries in your chart? Where are these planets passing over and what is in Aries? Okay, because there's a lot of business going on in those two. Yeah, and that's what happens to the moon on the 25th is it starts off the day in Pisces and then it finishes the day in Aries. So I would do your readings in the morning because when the moon enters Aries, you have the watery moon and you have fiery impulsive Aries, right? It's a nervous temperament. It's not a great placement. And so when we talk about the moon in Aries, we're talking about the cool moon and hot Aries. It's kind of, uh, it's a little bit of a cat on a hot tin roof, if you know what I mean. So on the one side, it can be energetic and, and, and enterprising and optimistic, impulsive, <laughs> um, open to change, idealistic, but on the other side, also impulsive. <laughs> you could put that in either column, couldn't you? Opinionated, um, you know, Aries can be domineering, they can be impatient, they can move on, they can be vain. 
Um, so that's the range of the moon in Aries. So honestly, the reading's better done earlier in the day than later in the evening, because by later in the evening, depending on where you are, of course, um, Aries, you know, the moon moves into Aries. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And um, the 25th. Uh, and the moon is um, starts off well-aspected because it's trining Lilith and it's conjunct Jupiter. And Jupiter, of course, is the amplifier. Jupiter um, loves the fun, likes to amplify the fun and the good things. So there can be that wonderfulness. On the tension side, the moon is in opposition to Ceres. So there, you know, we're, again, working that little bit of a I don't want to say a tightrope. It's more of a balancing act, right? It's a balancing act. So, you know, it, it, there's always a balance, right? We have some trines. We have some T-squares. We have some really blessed, beautiful, woo, flow energy. And we have some, I got to think about that, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the moon series um, opposition, and I'm thinking, well, the moon represents mother and mothering, and so does Ceres. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, so if there's something about mothering or nurturing or mother or being a mother or your mother or something like that coming up on this day, just try to instead try to engage like Neptune and Pisces instead, which is a little bit more visionary. Tap into your gut. Um, Jupiter and Aries even uh, is is a better energy than trying to engage in that because I'm not sure uh, that could look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people but it may have something to do with mother or mothering so if that comes up on this day maybe look to your Chiron maybe you'll find the wounded healer there okay And um, on the 26th, it continues, except now, remember, I mentioned that Chiron is going to join that kite. And so Chiron's going to come and add their energy to it. And Chiron is very much the wounded healer. You can look it up. There's a great, there's lots of great stories online. You can read about Chiron. And essentially, it's about wounds that have happened to you that... Um, that you can, you, you may struggle to heal them, but um, by healing them, you'll be able to help others. And they could feel sometimes like impossible, like, you know, trauma, uh, if you suffered childhood trauma or you had, you were in a bad relationship or something like that, that's going to come through Chiron, okay? And Chiron is often in Aries, so a lot of people uh, may already have their Chiron in Aries, um, it's actually a common place for it to be. So um, just just what I'm going to say is do your yoga, uh, do your meditation. It's not going to be hard, but if you do those things, it will make it easier to engage with Chiron. Then you'll engage with the healing energy if you're doing some sort of morning practice or gratitude practice or, or some sort of mind-body exercises. Then you'll be able to engage in the more positive energy of things rather than uh, the woundedness of Chiron. Right. So on the 26th is Thursday, is Jupiter's day. And um, you see the T-square there with the moon and Pallas Athena is now in a T-square um, with Mercury and Chiron. So some, some healing conversations could be ha going on. Maybe the strategy around your healing and what are you doing to take care of yourself? Do you, have you done the checkups you need to do? Um, with the theme, palace in there, it's about strategy. So taking care of yourself is really important. Mm -hmm. So, um, the Mar, uh, the moon is also in a sextile with Mars and um so what kinds of actions might be appropriate and uh yeah and then of course there's that lovely grand trine and there's still a party going on in pisces and aries so <laughs> there we go yeah 
Yeah. So, and you know, um, like I said, uh, that even into the 27th, that kite will continue. Now it will, now it's picked up Chiron and Chiron's going along for the ride. And, uh, but Chiron is well aspected. So you may actually find healing in these, in this week, uh, for some certain wounds that, you know, maybe you needed to deal with anyway. And that's what the, you know, that's what the universe is all about. The universe is not out to get you. Planets are not trying to make it hard for you. It's, it's, that's not what it's about. And so when something hard is happening, I invite you to ask, uh, good questions like, um, what am I to learn from this? Or how could this get better? Right. Okay. And, you know, when things are good, be grateful, mm -hmm. harvest that so you can have more good days. They say whenever you're grateful, um, it actually changes the chemical, um, the chemicals in your brain. So if you suffer from like depression or anxiety, I'm going to suggest that you try to have gratitude. And to be honest, I often think of people that are less privileged than I. Maybe, um, maybe they don't have full access to their body. Maybe, you know, my father was blind. And so as a child, I used to sometimes find myself grateful that I could see. Um, and I would sometimes, and so I sometimes will bring myself back into that gratitude. And if you bring yourself back into that gratitude, um, you'll be able to raise your, the, um, chemicals in your brain. And then hopefully you'll be able to switch whatever's chemistry is going on in there. So if you wake up and you find yourself depressed and you don't feel like doing anything, I totally get it. I feel that way sometimes, especially with Neptune and Pisces. But I'm just saying, you know, it feels that way sometimes. And so you just want to, oh, okay, let me try to find a, let me try to find three things I'm grateful for. Okay. And most of us can at least be grateful for walking or being able to talk or hear or see. Okay. And with the multiple planet square on this day, I'm going to say with it's the nodes. Um, so it's a lot about your destiny. It's actually the true node or the north node are pretty much at the same degree in Taurus. And they usually are, they're, they're kind of the same thing. Um, but Uranus also in Taurus. Um, and so things are kind of squaring the sun in Aquarius, which just means that there might be something you need to adjust about where you're shining your light, which way you're going, especially when it has to do with the collective. So if you're running your own business or you're a psychic or you have a job or something like that, there might be something you have to adjust that just makes it a little bit more able to be for the collective, okay? I think that's a good way to put it because the moon is well aspected, but it's also a little bit challenged. So Friday is Venus's day. And the uh, moon is sextiling Venus and sextiling Saturn, but it's also squaring Pluto and squaring Lilith. Mm. <laughs> uh, Pluto's all about transformation. Lilith is um, the fierce feminine, right? She's <laughs> <laughs> takes care of business. Um, so yeah, so that Friday's a little bit of a mixed thing there and um, try to flow with the trines because the squares can potentially challenge you depending on what you, where you have. It's gonna depend place. on how your Venus is placed. Yeah. It's gonna depend on where yours is and how yours is aspected. So for instance, mine is retrograde. So when I was born, I was born into um, a pretty traumatic experience and I grew up believing that I was not worthy, okay? Uh, I believed that I wasn't good enough. I had no talents. I had nothing to offer the world. And I absolutely loathed and hated myself until I was about 28 years old. Uh, and I spent those 28 years in that Venus retrograde. And here's the thing about if you were born with something in retrograde. When I went through my Saturn returns, I started to do yoga and meditation and positive affirmations and I changed. So then Venus, that Venus retrograde then started to teach me about 
how that trauma and everything that had happened to me and that a lot of the unworthiness that I felt actually had come from my family and come from my my history and that wasn't actually true and that I actually did have talents and that's actually when I started to do drag and um and I started to realize that I did have talents. I did have something to offer the world. And I just was in the wrong place. And I needed to be with queers. Okay, I needed to be with the gay community. So thank goodness for a drag community, eh? But what I'm saying here is that if you have Venus retrograde, please look at your chart. So if you're struggling, because once you go through your Saturn returns, which is between 27 and 30, you will probably transform that Venus retrograde or anything else you have retrograde into a, a different, a different um, expression of it, okay? And so now, although there are times that I feel unworthy, it's actually quite rare. So, um, so I'm just going to let you know that uh, you can overcome that, but I worked hard at it during my Saturn returns. So whatever you have retrograde will change after your Saturn returns, 27 to 30, and then your second one. I imagine that, because um, lacrosse and Brighthawk are about to go through it, and I'm kind of like, you two are about to go through it, but I imagine a very similar thing will happen, but probably in a different part of your life. Right. So I'm imagining, though, that it will transform uh, things, maybe not just the retrograde planets, but maybe some other things, too. On for the ride, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to be great. You guys are going to be ready for it. <laughs> okay. Now, on the 28th, uh, which is Saturday, that's the, that stellium in Taurus. I kind of seen that. I'm glad Uranus is going direct with the moon there uh, and the nodes. I'm glad that, that they're kind of, they're, we're going forward. I really would love to see Uranus get out of Taurus. I just feel like it's, it, it's part of why we struggle in the gender revolution. And uh, I believe that when Taurus gets out of there, we'll probably see better times in that regard. <laughs> um, so because I feel like Taurus is conservative and Uranus is revolutionary and Uranus in, yeah. historically has represented queers. And um, so, <laughs> so I'm just saying, and we've definitely, we've made some ground, but we've also lost a lot of ground with books being banned and all this other kookiness. Okay, so with that with that stellium there though, it could be adding some emotion to the whole thing, um, especially with um, the the nodes there. But just know that if emotion comes up around that kind of thing, or it, depending on where your Taurus is in your chart, just know that that's meant to happen. That you're that's supposed to happen, and with things also squaring Uranus. Um, the sun is actually squaring the nodes, Uranus and the moon, all in Taurus. Wow. So it's not only are they all kind of hanging out together, but the sun is also squaring it. So there could be issues with people trying to shine their light in a particular way. And then some sort of rule or conservative kooky-looky um, is keeping you from growing and pushing us into the next revolution. The gender revolution is very, I think, is very much represented by Uranus. For sure. So uh, if I forgot to say it, on the 27th, the moon moves out of Aries into Taurus. And on the 28th, we've been a waxing crescent all week. And on the 28th, it's the first quarter. Mm -hmm. So we know when it's a waxing moon, if I didn't say this already, we kind of start off the week. It's like the second day of a new moon. It's a waxing moon. So this is when we're working towards achieving our goals and looking at, you know, a target. New moon, we set our, our initiative, our goal, our objective, and we're working towards it. We're halfway there at the first quarter, right? So the uh, moon is trining Mercury. So communication... Mercury starting to be out of its retrograde shadow. And so this is a beautiful blessing because of course the moon likes to be in Taurus. The moon is exalted in Taurus. It loves it because you have, 
you know, the emotional moon and grounded Taurus and creative Taurus and trusty Taurus and determined bull and, you know, warm and affectionate and artistic. And, you know, on the challenge side of moon and Taurus is the obstinance, right? The stubbornness, the possessiveness, the inability to change, overly cautious. There's always that range. But the moon is exalted in Taurus. So um, the 28th, you have a beautiful moon in Taurus, well aspected. But like you said, the moon and the sun are square. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that square energy, uh, what are you doing? Uh, there's definitely some stuff going on there. And the Consider moon is the con- collective with the sun in Aquarius. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of... Um, you know, fate and destiny because the moon is conjunct the North Node and the North Node is that, you know, your destiny, your fate, your karma, your or dharma, sorry, mm-hmm. not your karma. Um, so, yeah, so the the moon is well aspected for the most part, but there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of tension. And I was just saying that I was just thinking that the sun is squaring, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those planets in Taurus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. That's one of the reasons um, most Aquarians mm. are allies or are queer themselves. Um, in most of my experience, like I'm just like, you're an Aquarius, so you're probably at least an ally. <laughs> um, and oftentimes they are. Why? Because Aquarius, Aquarius, first of all, is ruled by Uranus. So it's revolutionary at its core. So it tends to already think forward and some of the some of the best um, allies I can think of, like right now, Nadia Shaw comes up, and I'm pretty sure she has a strong Aquarius placement. She's and so, son, so she is a huge ally for queers in the astrology world. Okay, and so there are certain people that tend to have that Aquarius placement that even if they don't have Uranus placed in a particular way that makes them queer or whatever. Some, sometimes I notice some, some LGBTQ people that I've talked to, including all kinds of queers have had like a stellium in Aquarius. And I'm like, Oh, I believe that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And their Uranus is, is somewhere else. And oftentimes that kind of tells the story of how they've had to come out and how they've had to deal. And so deal with being queer or if they've even had to, okay? Some people just are kind of out and just, they don't never really come out, they just are. And <laughs> um, and you could tell those people too. <laughs> and they, they usually have trines uh, and they just, they just have this ease about them. And the interesting thing here is that sun is in Aquarius and Uranus is in Aquarius. And Uranus is in Taurus, and Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. So that that square there could be, um, it's definitely going to be about, but we've always done it this way. Um, so when you start hearing that, you know you've engaged the shadow of Taurus. And so, um, especially with the sun in Aquarius, is going to be, we must go this way! And... Um, <laughs> That square that could could make it hard, but you can probably find a an ease on it if you uh, work at it. And uh, this day, I was like, oh wow, this is our most destined day of the week. Yeah, with those yods mm-hmm. for sure. There was a rectangle earlier in the week, but I seen these two yods, and I think they're actually stronger um, because they, you know, they point to the um just the way uh they point to the true node and i just have to always figure out which way they're pointing (laughs) um and this one points to libra um they they both point to a particular area and they're leading us towards good nurturing relationships and what we do need to keep, I mean, Taurus isn't always wrong to think that we should do it the way we've always done it. Some things do need to be conserved, right? Some things do need to be kept. We just need to make good decisions about that and take a look and see how that affects relationships and how that affects each other. And, um, you know, like, of course, we don't need slavery, right? 
because that's how they did it for a long time. We don't want that, right? Okay, and we don't want racism, and we don't want to to, um, to belittle indigenous people. And so we want to find new ways to do that, okay? We want to find different ways to be. And so those things need to change. Yet there are some things that we might want to keep, and we might want to maybe get back to the way we used to grow food out of the ground, eh? <laughs> So um, so that's kind of what's going on on this day. There will be a lot of um, energy still in Taurus because the moon's still there. I don't know what time it moves out of there. Yeah, it's still in Taurus. And with that grand trine, remember air, because those are air signs. Air is all about thinking and maybe changing your thinking or contemplate thinking about something more deeply. If there's something that you're planning, thinking it through, there's some good energy that way with the Sun, Ceres, and Mars. Like, what are you wanting to take action on um, and develop? And maybe this is the time to make some, you know, work on that plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a dreaminess to it because uh, the moon is sextiling Venus and Neptune. Oh, sorry, Vesta and Neptune. So again, Neptune, you've got that lovely, what are, you, what are your dreams? How are you thinking about it? What kind of actions are you taking to manifest your dreams? So this is really good energy for that. Yeah. And there is a square to Saturn, you know, yeah. Saturn structure. How are you going to do it? Do you have everything you need? Are you doing the work? And Saturn is running towards Pisces. <laughs> So if you're a Pisces or you have a strong Pisces placement, Pisces rising, Pisces sun, Pisces moon, I've, I already have a few Pisces people in my circle that I've recommended. I'm going to suggest that if you have Pisces or strong Aquarius placements that you get a good astrology reading for your year um, so that you can have a good strategy in place because um, I'm just going to say that Saturn's going to move into Pisces later on in the year, and then Pluto's going to move into Aquarius, and both of those could be a lot to take if you have a lot of planets in, or a strong placement there, could really change it, could really affect your life big time, and so um, you might, not in a bad way, it could be great things, could bring in wonderful blessings, Saturn loves to bless those who are ready for it, um, so be ready for it, be ready for it. And so I'm just saying, you know, get yourself a reading, help get an astrologer. I'm happy to do it. But there's also there's also lots of other astrologers that are happy to do a reading for you and, and help you plan out your year and prepare for these kinds of things. Hmm. So, Lacrosse, did you have something that you wanted to add? Yeah, there's a lot of otter energy, like a lot of otter um, that I've been noticing. Um, uh, the otter is... Uh, they represent like your inner child. They're very spiritual. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, uh, what I found interesting is, is a lot of it is they're so playful that sometimes they don't know when to stop. And I think that's a little bit, and, and, and that's a good thing. Like when you go with the innocence and purity of a, of a child, but when you don't know when to stop, it could be a problem. And I think that's what I saw over here. A lot of otter, like, they, they want to play and they want to stick their whiskers everywhere and they want to be nosy and into everything that they don't realize sometimes you got to bring it back a little bit because if not as a child you could get hurt and I see a lot of Chiron in there which the wounded healer and I'm wondering if that has a lot to do with like the otter has to do with inner child and our job like how we think of our children we need to protect it we don't have to go crazy playing all the time. You know, it's a good thing to play, but also know that we need to protect that inner child because if not, that wound could come back. You know, as, as you know, kind of remind us of the past of our of when we were kids or whatever, whatever your childhood was. There could be something in there that could be triggered this month. And that's where you got to let the otter, as much as it's independent, it also does work for the collective. Going back to Chiron, take that hurt and see what you can do to help the collective so that other people with their inner child don't get hurt, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like that. So I see, a, like I said, there's just a lot. There's so much of the otter that it's like, I'm like looking, I'm like, oh, that's otter. Ooh, that's otter. 
because they're actually ridiculously spiritual. They are very, very spiritual animals. So um, they can eat and just lazy, or they're like building, building, going, going, going. So it's they look very grateful when they're little, yeah. uh, when they float on their backs in the water. Oh yeah, yeah. That's because they're. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. It's like with otter, you got to be so careful because you could get so complacent and just stay laying on your back and not doing anything, uh -huh. or that you know, or they're constantly going and going and going and going. You know, it's 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 hard to find that balance with the otter because they're so extreme. You know, in two different areas, they're just really extreme. They're either really really productive or really not really really spiritual or really not you know it's so the so right. point of the otter is finding that balance so. wow that's great well i'm so glad you brought that in because it's definitely important this time and um i just love otters i love thinking about the animals with you they're just <laughs> oh they're too cute they're too cute I'm like oh. yeah we were so lucky to be able to see them when we were in california and on the west coast tour and uh and so yeah it was really fun to see them they're very very playful and cute and but like you said you know mom's very protective and will tell the youngin whatever needs to happen yeah yeah it's <laughs> and it's, uh, it, yeah it was it, it you just feel so lucky to see them in their natural environment they are adorable. oh yeah i can imagine <clears throat> I can't wait because now I'm just like all into otter right now. And I'm like, ooh, they're too cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They're adorable creatures. You going to do a reading for us? Yeah. So um, so we're going to do a little reading here. And I hope that um, you just take what you like and leave the rest. And I'm going to suggest that, you know, that you just listen to this um, in a way that you just stay open, okay? And stay open to any part of your life that this could be. This is this reading is for everyone. And uh, this is an interesting um, set of cards. So let's see here. Let's pin it up so you guys can see if you are watching. Otherwise, I'll do my best to explain it. Um, this is the King of Cups, which actually is a really cool card. I'm going to try to shine the light this way um kind of blinds us a little bit but you can see the card better um so this is a card that has a person underwater and they have a beard and they have kind of long flowy hair in the water that kind of looks like seaweed in a weird way but there's little stars and stuff like that in their hair including in their beard and so they're kind of very much a part of under the water this is the king of cups which is very watery and emotional and with that boat on their mind, it tells me that this is about the past, about helping yourself think out of, because um, this is a rainbow sailboat, if you can see the picture on their brain. And the rainbow sailboat is meant to help you get to a better place. And to do that by thinking, you know, like positive affirmations and positive thinking or maybe it's with meditation or yoga or shadow work whatever needs whatever you need to do to change uh the way you think like maybe coming into gratitude um and you know just holding on to that holding on to that and remembering what that was like remember that skill remember that skill because because in the right now, so that's in the past, it's something you've done in the past, because in the right now, I get the tower card. Now, of course, the tower card is um, famous for things falling apart or for people losing their crown, okay? And you can see here, there's like a crown falling out of the tower and the tower's on fire. And there's a person in front that kind of looks a little uh, worried about the tower falling down. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's falling apart in this moment. It could just mean that maybe one thing is falling apart or maybe, maybe something fell apart in your life recently or something's come apart. And this is to remind you that there's a reason the tower must fall. There's a reason things must change. And to know that there is a light on the other side. I promise that there is. And that's the thing, like we sometimes get ourselves scared about something bad that's happening in the moment 
And sometimes when I'm scared, I try to tell myself, this too shall pass. This will pass. This this will be over soon. It can't stay like this forever. It can't always be like this unless I make it that way, which I have done. But um, But what you can do is you can remind yourself that it can pass. So I just needed to talk a little bit about that shadow piece because the tower is kind of a shadowy card. And I'm just saying, if something's falling apart in your life or something like that, just know that it's not just about the thing falling apart in the moment. It's going to pass. And how do I know it's going to pass? Because the next card is the Three of Cups. This is a beautiful celebratory card. It celebrates. It has a picture. The picture has two people in a cup. Um, Looks like they're like married or something with a very gender variant person uh, celebrating, which uh, traditionally, and they are in traditional clothes, the, the, the more transgender looking person in the front, um, they are in traditional clothes. And in many indigenous tribes, and I know in the Hawaiian tribe and in India, they tend, gender variant people tend to do marriages. So they tend to officiate marriages. And so this is kind of a traditional card in that way. But it is about commitment and it is about celebrating commitment. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So something just fell apart. Know that there's a light around the corner. Know that the rainbows surrounding these two in a cup and with all the feathers, that the blessings from the divine, blessings from the other side, that things will work out, that emotions will come full round and you will find the commitments or the or the celebration that you're looking for it will come around and so you know everything can't stand, stay bad forever and as much as we sometimes get anxious or nervous about what could possibly go wrong and a lot of us come up with the worst case scenario i know i'm really good at that um it, it's actually it's actually the best way to get through that is to then if you imagine the worst thing that just could happen just go, okay, now it's time to imagine the best thing that could happen, okay? <laughs> and try that out and see if that works for you. Now, remember, in the past, you've had to overcome what you were thinking. And this is, again, the King of Cups, which is very much about pay attention to your thoughts because they do bring your emotions. I promise they do. They are very interconnected. And if you think something, you're probably going to feel something right after. So if you think the worst case scenario well, then you're probably going to be scared or worried or whatever. And then if you think the best case scenario, you could be excited and happy and kind of like hopeful. Okay. So um, this is a reminder that your thoughts and your emotions are connected. And as you go forward, don't be afraid of that shadow piece that comes up. Just hold it and know that it's going to pass. Let your tears out. Experience it in the moment. Be part of it but then allow it to unfold before you because what's after that is it always happens this way too. Something bad happens and then something really good happens. And so um, it, it, it's like a, it's, it's just the roller coaster I noticed of life. Bad things happen, then good things happen. It's just kind of the way it goes. And so uh, with this card, the three of cups, it reminds us of celebrations of commitment. And with the two uh, lovers in a cup, with all the the feathers, which are blessings from the other side and the rainbows all around them. That makes me think of celebration and even a celebration of traditional commitments. So my friends, I hope that reading helps you. Please take what you like and leave the rest. And Good thank job. you. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Well, excited for everybody because the retrogrades are over for now yeah. so we have some good flowing energy and we wish you the very best in the coming week and i think one of the astrologers i listened to um she said this time and i agree with her is her name is stormy grace is that we would be going in a good way that good things will be happening hold on Okay, so <laughs> so just know that this time going forward, 
from this week forward as all the planets have moved direct, just be aware that, you know, we are, we are moving forward. This is going to be great until about, and it will just slowly get better as Mars moves out of its shadow and Mercury moves out of its shadow and hopefully Uranus gets to moving out of it, <laughs> out of it'll be a while and then anyway so we'll just keep moving forward and you know just hold on tight because we are headed it for till spring it's going to be mostly smooth sailing so if you have a project to work on or something to do between now and like march end of march is a really good time to, to just get those things done, get them done because this is good energy to get things done and to yeah. move forward um, because all the planets are moving forward. And so it will be good progress, good steady progress and easier to resolve conflicts and things like that. So there you have it. Well, I'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. I know I'll be, I think all of us will be very busy with our whatever our projects are going on. All right. All right. Well, Thanks, thank everybody. You. Thank you to the viewers, and please subscribe and everything else. And thank you, LaCroix, for editing and bringing all of your animal stuff in. And thank you, Hawk, for always watching out on the moon for us. Thank you, Hollis. Thank Great you. job on reading. Thank you. Yep, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Soul Astrology and subscribing, liking, sharing, and reviewing. We hope you enjoy this dose of Soul Astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars. Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.